Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Yahoo Fantasy Football Forecast. I come to work with two hands every day and I'm trying to bless somebody. We better be in Florida. It better be sunny. And there better be some sort of fruity drink involved. With Matt Harmon. It seems like you know ball the way you talk, so. <laughs> Thank you. Someone clip that. You can get on a podcast. You can get online. You can argue with the clouds. You can argue with the, with the Russian bots. Don't care. It's Tuesday, November 22nd, and we now turn our attention away from Week 11, for the most part, and towards Week 12. Joining me to help dig through the news and the waiver wire is Lord Barons of Chicago, although Andy... There's no pennant there behind you in your fancy new background to let us know <laughs> that you are indeed from the great American city of Chicago. Andy, how you doing, buddy? I'm go. I'm doing well. Uh, yeah, I've already curated the background a little bit as soon as uh, as soon as the podcast team left our home. The crack podcast team that basically uh, just parachuted in uh, needed only I don't know ninety minutes, couple hours. Then we went to the bar. It was great. It was a really nice visit, actually. From uh, our podcast overlords. Um, but I got, I don't know. I got some, I got some bulls bobbleheads behind me. I got a Benny back there. I got a Joe Kim Noah back there. It's r- roughly identifiable. Yeah. Well, you look great. That's the most important thing, uh, that everybody cares about. I, I love seeing, you know, what everybody's new background look like, you know, looks like mine looks like I'm, you know, in some beach hut somewhere, I guess, which I don't know what that says about <laughs> me. You look like you're an actual real sports fan. So with that knowledge in tow, <laughs> Let's tackle the news of the morning before we recap Sunday Night Football and get into the waivers, starting with the Broncos have waived running back Melvin Gordon. This is surprising, I think, sort of, but also like he has played poorly for them this year. He's had a fumbling problem, obviously, but this comes on the heels of Chase Edmonds, who they just acquired, you know, in that blockbuster deal on their side of it, getting Chase Edmonds. Oh, boy, he's expected to miss multiple weeks with a high ankle sprain. So, Andy... Melvin Gordon out of the mix probably could be claimed, I think, off waivers by some running back needy team. But this this running back depth chart now is just like a bunch of dudes that they picked up in the middle of the season, including Latavius yeah. Murray. Yeah, um, obviously, we're going to be talking about Latavius as a uh, as a potential ad a little bit later in the show. I don't you know, I don't, I don't know what you do here because it, but a lot of smart football people will say, you know, fumbling is is relatively random and it's not, you know, it's rarely a chronic problem, but it's I mean, it's pretty clearly a chronic problem for Melvin right now. And whether it's whether it's an issue that's in his head or whether it is it is uh something more than that. I like I got I got no answers for it, but he is putting the ball in the ground a lot. 
And yeah. what, like, what do you do? It happened again, happened again this past week. How do you roll a guy out there for half the snaps? How do you give a guy 12 touches? If you're pretty sure that one of those, that one of those touches is, is going to result in a, in a loose ball. It's, uh, I, it, it's, it's curious cause he's, you know, he's an older running back. Um, he was yeah. really good last year. Uh, and maybe this is just simply a case where, you know, the end, the end comes in a big hurry when it comes. I don't know. I hope, he, I hope he's not done because he was really good last year. And it was one of the curious things about all the, you know, all the Javante backers who were, who were asking for far less Melvin Gordon that we've talked about this before, but the, the things that they would, the stats that they would use, all the metrics they would use to justify, you know, play, playing the hell out of Javante Williams um, Melvin Gordon was like right behind him in all those right. categories, right? Melvin, Melvin forced a million missed tackles last year. He was really good after contact. He had a bunch of breakaway runs. Like it was a, it all looked good last year. Like the Broncos were just a good rushing football team last year. It was not a problem. Um, but he's been, you know, it's something like a yard per carry, uh, fewer this season and the, the fumbling problem, which, which has always been a thing that has popped up with Melvin throughout his career. But it's just, you know, you've got to be. If you're going to fumble this often, you better be like prime Adrian Peterson. You can't be you can't be the 2022 version of Melvin Gordon. So I get why it happened. Maybe it tells us that Mike Boone is ready to return. But you're right. They've got they've got nothing behind Latavius Murray. Like it's Murray. And then they're going to have to I don't know, they're going to have to get Marlon Mack involved or Mike right. Boone is going to have to come back because we as you say, we've we've learned that Chase Edmonds also has a, Chase Edmonds, who hasn't been any good this year either. Um, you know, he's held on to the football, I guess, but he hasn't been he wasn't any good for Miami. That's why Miami ditched him. He's not really an answer. Uh, but uh, yeah, they got they got they got nothing identifiable beyond behind Latavius, except maybe uh, Mike Boone returning. Right. And it's funny our uh yahoo fantasy handle tweeted i want to know who this doesn't feel like a trevor tweet uh you know you know everybody who's got their fingers in the in the pulse of the of the handle there this doesn't feel like a trevor tweet it feels like it might it might be a jason klobaka tweet our our fantasy overlord but uh, i'm just guessing here but perfectly summed it up it might not always be a work of art but Latavius Murray is available in 77% of Yahoo leagues. So it's pretty crazy that, but it must be that again, that's got it. That feels like a Jason tweet, by the way. I nobody, I know nobody cares about this. It's listening to the podcast, but I'm, I'm definitely uh, thinking about who potentially put that one out there. My point in all this is like Latavius Murray available in that many leagues. I know he's going to come up in the waiver section earlier, but it's, it's crazy. He's just like a moonwalk into a ton of touches, but my God, Andy, he's going to moonwalk into a ton of touches for this despicable Denver offense. And, you know, I, I was, yeah. one of, I feel like one of the few people saying this in the beginning, uh, like before the season, that this skill position group was incredibly overrated to start. And now they've suffered a ton of injuries. I mean, let's just talk about it. Like Latavius Murray, the feature back, a rookie tight end and Greg Dulcich, who might be their <laughs> most promising player right now. And then it's freaking Cortland Sutton, who I, you know, think is an overrated player. And then like Kendall Hinton as the clear cut wide receiver too. Like, I know they, uh, they they changed over their play caller to Clint Kubiak. Nothing was more primed for the don't care section of my care, don't care <laughs> recap article than the Broncos changing their play callers. Like they could, they could have a uh, damn, you know, Bill Walsh call plays for him. They could have, yeah. uh, you know, Sean McVay trade for him in the middle of the season. The players stink, man. I mean, there's nothing you could do at this point. Yeah, they scored their their same old 16 points um, like they always seem to per their usual, even with a lesser Kubiak uh, uh, call in plays. Yeah, there's just not 
there's not a lot worth uh, stashing on a roster right now. Like I feel like we've uh, we've obviously talked about Latavius Murray a handful of times uh, on the Pickups podcast, and I feel like every time we do, you know, one of us brings him up, and then the other person will just reflexively, audibly groan. Right? Like there's like a. <laughs> Because like, yeah, we got to talk about Latavius Murray for the next 45 seconds. It's not easy. Um, he's like, he's obviously not the most explosive back in the player pool. Um, I, and he's got, he's got Carolina coming up, which I don't even know what that means anymore. Sometimes it means uh, uh, five touchdowns against them. Sometimes it means, you know, they actually stonewall an opponent. Um, you can get almost anything out of Carolina. I wouldn't expect, uh, I w- you know, at this point, I think we have to expect Denver's offense to pretty much score like either 13 points or 16 points or some weird number, 19 points. Right. But they're just, there's, there's oh, no 19. Big oh, here. dude, 19. They'd be like nine and one if they scored 19 points. A game. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah. Um, just, uh, there, there's no offensive eruption here. You might get Denver's lone offensive touchdown. If you, uh, if you add Latavius, he's probably the priority at, at that spot this week. Um, it's not a great week for running back ads, but, uh, but Hey, they're not all gems. Yeah, I had to add him last week to my Leonard Fournette team, you know, uh, so because uh. I'm not fe- not feeling so good about that. Uh, but that's also the team I lost Cooper Cup. So that team's probably cooked anyway. So who cares? But um, it's yeah, probably it's like, one oh. of those situations where, like, if your trade deadline hasn't passed and you and you can add him, I, w- I would just throw him on the trade block and see because somebody out there is desperate for a running back. Even in a week like this where we don't have buys or anything like that, we've got more buys coming. There are injuries out there. Somebody will take Latavius Murray off your hands. Right, me. I'm the, I'm the person. I guess the, I'm the sicko that's like, well, shoot. Let me look around here. I guess I got to grab Latavius Murray. But that's what a lot of like fringe playoff teams are probably dealing with right now at the running yeah. back position. So that's a that's a good call uh, by you. Let's move on here. Uh, NFL Network's Ian Rapport reports that an MRI revealed a torn MCL for Kyle Pitts. Um, yeah, I, I don't want to sound flippant about a dude that's like, you know, they said he, he's going to seek a, a second opinion, but the team says he's going to be out for a while. It almost just kind of takes the Kyle Pitts thing uh, like almost like re- it's almost a, a relief of a burden, right? You know, for fantasy. Yeah. And that's disgusting to say because it's like this is the dude's real health. But like it was this was not a fun player to start anyways. I I'm glad this is uh, this is all it is. Not that it's not a significant injury, but I'm, I'm glad it's no worse than this. Uh, I was. You know, I've been trying to get myself off of uh, red zone a little bit during game day. So I was I was just exclusively focused on this game. I try to watch like a game at a time Um, and it it looked bad to me. Um, Yeah, he was down for a little bit and then got up and kind of hopped around and then everybody felt much better about it. But like the the still shot of of his leg when it was like particularly hyperextended looked kind of yucky. So um, again, I'm glad it's I'm glad it's, you know, just an MCL, but I'm glad this is the extent of the injury and it's no worse. Um, He, you know, I already had him sort of in our our working podcast document here as my as my recommended drop because it's just yeah, he just hasn't been productive and that is not entirely his fault. It's it's usage. It's a lot of things. But, you know, uh, in eight games this season he has fewer than 45 receiving yards and he's only got a couple of scores and there's just not you know there's there's no upside to this passing game so obviously at this point um facing a multi-week absence you're not gonna you're not gonna roster him no you're definitely not and you know drake london comes through in this bears game with the Allen robinson slash goal line back stat you know one catch yeah. two yards and a touchdown um i'm hesitant to to let this 
piece of news and Kyle Pitts's absence get me very excited about Drake London because I made this point with Scott uh, on the podcast last night and I also wrote about it like this is the offense this year that is like the projections buster offense Andy because you know <laughs> you've been doing this forever you know with the projections like you sit there at the beginning of the season you say oh look at this Falcons depth chart like they're gonna throw 50 yeah. percent of their targets at least to Kyle Pitts and Drake London it's like Okay, well, now we're here. You're you're making a talent evaluation and projections are subjective, right? In some way, because I'm sitting there saying, like, yeah, these two guys are studs. And by the way, I do think they're studs. I think they will be productive players. And they like once we get a real quarterback in here, these guys I think are gonna be really, really good. But you're also saying, like, oh yeah, Demir Bird, he's worthless, but he's not worthless to the team. Like the Demir Bird targets have been good. Um, so I think those players will continue to mix in for the Falcons. So I think Drake London will be a guy that I still want a roster, but I'm not going to get super, super excited uh, based on the Pitts absence. Yeah, no, I completely agree with everything you're saying there. Um, it, it feels like every time this uh, this this team drops back to pass, it's a, like the coaching staff feels like it's a little bit of a failure, like they had to do it, you know. Um, it, Damn, again, we got to pass. We, yeah, like, like we've literally seen this team. Uh, what was it? They they attempted, was it 13 passes in a game that they lost by a million, right? Like they're just yeah, not. Yeah, the Bengals game. Yeah, this is just not uh, any sort of uh, volume passing offense whatsoever. So it it should go. You know, it's it's funny if like any other injury situation across the league, I immediately start thinking of oh well, who is downstream that can benefit from this? I don't even think that way with Atlanta. It didn't even occur to me to be like oh well, who's going to benefit from you know the the those Kyle Pitts targets have to go somewhere. Well, I, nobody's going to benefit. Like they don't they don't throw. <laughs> no, no, they don't throw. And uh, you know, we say all this and like again. The Falcons are pr- a pretty good team. They're second place in the NFC South. Yeah. I know that's like not that great, but they're five and six. Like there's a reason they're not making like these wholesale changes because this on an on, and their roster stinks. I mean, we talk <laughs> about the talk about the damn uh, offense. That's one thing. But the defense is a nightmare, as I'm sure you can attest to watching that Bears game like they don't have a lot of uh, incentive to make wholesale changes because they're five and six with a really, really bad roster. Um, we only have so many occasions to talk about him, but man, Cordero Patterson is great. <laughs> like yeah. he's just, he's just great. The kick return touchdown was, and I, again, I'm, I, you know, I've, I'm, I'm kind of a bit of a meathead bears fan on game day, but man, Patterson is so smart. As you should um, be. The kick return touchdown was awesome. He's, he just like, he just, I've, I've, I don't remember the last time that I've seen Patterson go down on first contact. Like he's, I, his transformation into a, like a, like a real valid, um, actual running back is amazing to me. It's one of the, it's one of the most unique careers in NFL history. He was fantastic on Sunday. Yeah, he was really awesome. And I, I like the way they use him and, you know, Tyler Algier, they, they mix him in there too. Like there's no way I know fantasy managers like, oh yeah, just give me 20 carries for Cordero Patterson. I mean, you're not going to grind that dude into the dust. We actually saw them do that at times last year and it, it was when yeah. it was least effective uh, with his touches. So a lot of push and pull there between reality and fantasy. Speaking of push and pull, Andy, I do want to get your thoughts since we're on this game that just happened about Justin Fields. You know, Matt Eberflus called him day to day with his shoulder injury this morning. Um, you know, Scott and I had a long discussion about it on the podcast last night as well, but you know, what's, what's your sense of, um, as a meathead bears fan, or I guess it's a month, <laughs> it's a Monday morning. So now you're, or Monday afternoon. So now you're not quite a meathead at this point. You're, you're settling back into reality. Where do you stand on sort of the push and pull of running Justin Fields too much versus like, we just found this offensive identity. That's been like a revelation midway through the season. 
But is it time to kind of dial back a little bit so that you don't get the guy completely destroyed? Where are you at with this uh, whole thing right now? Well, they first of all, they he needs to arrive at a place where he he's less willing to put himself at risk. Right. Like he. Yeah. You know, I, I, we may have discussed this before, but like there, there, there are some quarterbacks who are brilliant runners. Um, L- Lamar is the first one that comes to mind here who are also adept at just getting down when it's time to get down and getting out of bounds when it's time to get out of bounds and at avoiding hits. And there's a little part of Justin Fields that that likes to deliver hits. Um, and he's he's even like when it's time to slide, he's a really awkward slider too, right? Like he he still kind of sits up and he'll he'll take some contact and it doesn't doesn't look like he's ever slid anywhere before, yeah. right? <laughs> he's just a it's he's like just it a looks little... like RG3 is a slider. It's like, have you not yeah. ever played have you never played baseball before? Yeah. I mean, like at any point. Yeah, it does look like that. He doesn't like really go down when he slides and he slides really late. And I, I don't so yeah. he's got to he's got to work through some of that. But this is pretty clearly going to be his, like the best version of Justin Fields as an NFL quarterback is going to look like that. Like he's going to he's going to just have 12 rush attempts per game um, and like eight of them are going to be designed runs. And it's like it's working. It's really working. Um, he, he's the entire reason that I've been watching Bears game. So uh, so faithfully this season, too, because his development has been really fun to watch. But like they can't. I don't think that they should really dial it back because, you know, whatever, whenever the Bears are, a, are, are like an actual winning team again and they've surrounded him with talent and they are expected to compete for a division, he, he's going to have to be running the ball like at least this well. I do think that in the Atlanta game, you know, pr- prior to the shoulder injury, this is non-throwing shoulder and, and uh, you know, at the, should he play next week? I don't even know. He was in an awful lot of pain, um, clearly yeah. during the game. Like th- there were a couple times that he went down, like after the injury occurred and you, you just hear him scream like, like on a, on pretty normal contact, not even really unusual contact. Um, so he was obviously in a lot of pain, not that they can't do things for pain in the NFL. They can. Um, but, but before any of that happened, they were stretching him out on the sideline, like throughout the second half, because it turned out it was just hamstring cramping. Right. But at the, time you thought they were letting him play through some level of hamstring injury and they you know so that's bad enough he needed an iv immediately after the game for the for the uh cramps um they they kept trotting him back out there and like you know the the first play of the next series would be a designed run and that felt a little bit excessive um because it was perfectly clear you know he had a couple of opportunities late in the game to take off and didn't do it and that was clearly related to how he was feeling both the shoulder and the hamstrings. Um, so like he didn't want to run and you were still calling for it. So that I thought was a little bit excessive and unnecessary, but I don't, you know, I, I don't think they should, when he's, when he's fully healthy, you know, let's say a couple of weeks go by and the shoulder's fine and everything's fine. Um, I mean, they, we, we should get this version of Justin Fields again. And I'm not saying that for fantasy purposes. I'm saying that because like, that's how this offense ought to roll. Um, yeah. He's been so much better than his receivers too, right? Like you can just, oh, I, yeah. I, I know people are like, I, you know, people people were re- replaying the the ball that hit the lineman in the head, right? Like, okay, kind of funny. Um, he's <laughs> He's got a great arm. Like he's got a great yeah. arm. Um, and, yeah. and, and he can make throws that a lot of these young pocket passers who are getting time right now cannot make. Um and yeah, like they're not, they're not all perfect, but I'll take the traits that Fields has as, as a pure passer over almost any young quarterback right now. Oh yeah. I a hundred percent agree with you. Um, there's definitely still some development that needs to take place as a pocket passer, but this is also not like the healthiest ecosystem to do that right behind this offensive line with like, they traded second round pick for chase Claypool. They didn't even play in that dude. Right. Like, which I mean, yeah. 
maybe don't trade a really high second round pick for Chase Claypool, but separate discussion, separate discussion, separate discussion. Um, I, I think that he still does need to. That's my problem too with him taking the punishment is that he takes so much punishment in the pocket, like because he's a yeah. he's a sack prone quarterback. So, but I agree with you that I think. You know, 18 rush attempts overall, almost 70% of them were designed runs. I think they can probably dial that back a little bit, but only so much because this is the most functional the offense has been at any point during the Fields era, and I think it will continue to be that way until they can kind of stack the deck a little bit more with offensive line protection, with pass catcher, stuff like that. But, you know, the bigger picture here. Bears right now would own the fourth overall pick in the NFL draft of the 3-7 and record. They play the Jets this week. But, you know, by the way, like we're talking about young quarterback problems. These are good young quarterback problems to have. Like how much of his strengths can we accentuate? Then then there's whatever the hell is going on in New York right now. Yeah, um, they play the Jets, they play the Packers, and then they have a weirdly late uh, week 14 bye. So, you know, maybe in week 15, we see this like more fully formed version of Justin Fields where they're running him a little bit more, but they take it a little lighter here in the next couple of weeks. I think that's possible. And the, the point I like to make uh, just fantasy wise is that the Bears get, you know, and Detroit's defense has been a little bit better in the last two, three yes, weeks, obviously. So I don't want to, you know, I don't want to say that they're a total pushover, but he does get Detroit in week 17, like when you need him most. So we really just need him. You know, if you've had him on a roster, you probably haven't, you probably have another quarterback, right? Because you didn't, you didn't go into the season thinking that Justin Fields would be your guy. Um, so it's fine to platoon him. I would Well, unless say, you're one, of, unless you're one of these teams that had like, you know, freaking Aaron Rodgers or Derek Carr yes. or Kirk, something like that. Like, I think there's a chance, um, that he's become a guy that you've um, that you've just ridden like the the rest of the way. Like, uh, you know, I know he's on one of my rosters and it's like I was done with the, whatever the alternative was. And I was planning on just rolling <laughs> with Justin Fields. So I don't know. I mean, it's a little bit of a it's we're recording this on Monday. Maybe I'm totally wrong, but I just I would not be surprised if they if they re- in fact, I would be I would think it was kind of a grown up decision if they rested him <laughs> next week because he was I mean, he was just in so much obvious pain this past game. Yeah. All right. Well. That was not a very meathead, uh, Andy Barron, Chicago Bears fan. Uh, oh, I, I would love to ask the you know three. Uh, what what is what is your what's your favorite drink, Andy, when you're watching games? Oh, that's a uh, that's a very good question. Sometimes I've gone through uh, a Moscow Mule phase, um, but that requires like some prep, and I that's have to think of, about yeah. it. So um, I'm I'm also just like a whatever beer is handy uh, kind of meathead. Okay. It's funny how like quickly I'll shut off. You know, like the Bears game will be on. And I will want them to win in the moment. And then I but I immediately know that what I should root for is to be a team that's already solved its quarterback problem and has as high a pick as possible because it gives you an incredible number of possibilities. Um, That is what I should root for. And immediately when the game ends, I'm like, oh, that's kind of good that they lost. I got everything I needed out of that one. But in the moment, I am still like. You know, I'm I'm complaining about calls. I'm you know I'm complaining about coaching decisions. I I still I still get wrapped up in actual game flow, which is dumb. Yeah, but so what, man? It's fun. Um, <laughs> sometimes I wish I could be like you. You know, uh, I I'm, I I have no attachment to any like team, even a little bit. You know, like there's no team that I like even you know I pick my I do my little cute thing where I pick the teams in, in previous years. Like, I'm, let's be honest. Like, you know, that year I did the show with the where I picked the 49ers, I never really i never really cared like i didn't <laughs> like i never really cared i don't care i don't care even now right like there's, st- there's still so, room on this bears bandwagon i'll just tell you i did mean hey i did the bears the one year uh they, they were i think it was the 2018 season that was a good year to be a part of it so um 
I think I'm good. I think I'm good on the Bears. <laughs> <laughs> Appreciate the offer. Uh, no, yeah, it's it's good to be a real fan every now and again. But let, let's get back to serious business here, Andy. We got a couple of rookie receivers to talk about before we actually get to Sunday Night Football. Um, I mean, what are we even talking about at this point? The Lions designated Jamison Williams to return from injured reserve. He is back at practice this week. Um, I, look, I think that's great news. It's crazy that we have this awesome receiver rookie class. Like, you know, I, where uh, Scott asked me on the pod a couple of weeks ago, like which to, or a couple, you know, I don't know, probably just last week or whatever, like which rookie receiver would you rather have in Dynasty? I go on for like 60 seconds just blabbering and not even answer the question because it's so hard to pick <laughs> from the top three. And then there's a bunch of dudes after that that I still really like as well. And we haven't even seen Jamison Williams yet. And, and this guy could be incredible. Yeah, um, fifteen hundred yard receiver at Alabama, fifteen touchdowns. It was only the timing of the injury that has kept him uh, off the off the field so far. Um, he's as fast as any of them, right? Um, yeah, it's there's a non trivial chance that Jamison Williams is actually the best receiver in this, in this rookie class, which is crazy because Olave already looks like a veteran, and you can see the talent with George Pickens. As there's just there's so much talent in this class, um, and it's possible that we've not yet seen the best of them. Um, I, I, you know, it, to some extent, I feel about Williams the way the way that we've discussed, um, like adding Odell Beckham, like that idea. I, yeah, I kind of feel like it's just going to be a little bit of a cameo and the Lions will just want their fans to get a taste of, you know, what Williams is like and they'll want him to get a taste of the NFL and they'll put him in favorable situations and we're not going to see. You know, I, I'd be shocked if he goes out there and he's playing like 60, 65 snaps at any point in the season. But he does get. You know, just talking about Fields getting the Lions in Week 17. Well, the Lions are going to get the Bears defense in Week 17, <laughs> and there's a possibility that in the most important week of the fantasy season, um, we get a splash play or two from uh, from Jamison Williams. So I I think like I think he's actually like deep league. Um, if you want to throw him on your last bench spot, that makes a little bit of sense to me. Yeah, uh, I made the executive decision to ice are getting in early section going forward because it's like okay we're heading into week 12 there's no more getting in early it's like you either need to add yeah. this guy now or you need to add this guy never and pretty much every other getting in early per person would be like for me oh which goofball backup running back and can you stash yes. and like you know maybe you luck into a usable week here or there because of an injury uh so but jameson williams was your guy this week for getting in early and i think that does make complete sense because we might never see him fully formed but my god there is a real runway for him, you know, in last week's yep. hellacious bye week um, wide receiver situation, I was like, can I get a week out of Josh Reynolds? Well, no, he ended up not playing, <laughs> you know, DJ Chark coming back and like, is there going to be anything there? I mean, the Lions have opportunity, but I, I do just want to make the point to anybody that has I'm on Ross St. Brown on their team because I did get a couple questions about that this morning. Like, oh, should I be nervous at all? No. Now, I don't you should be zero percent nervous because of the Jamison Williams return. If anything, it, the theory of Jamison Williams that he's going to open up this offense underneath for guys like Amon Ross St. Brown, who has been so yep. unlucky with, uh, you know, getting tackled inside the one yard line inside the five yard line for J Jamal Williams to just come in there and bang <laughs> in a touchdown. So um, if anything, uh, it should be good news when and if he does get back. But again, I'm with you that I don't think we see the fully formed version of Jamison Williams until 2023. But I'm also happy to be wrong about that if it does happen. Next piece of news item here again. Uh, last one we'll do. It's another rookie receiver. Wandale Robinson suffered a torn ACL uh, ending his season. Sucks because I like Wandale Robinson as a player. I really liked what I saw out of, out of him, especially in this most recent game against the Lions. He was on his way to a nice uh, afternoon over 100 yards or just at 100 yards on nine catches. And man, just a, a bummer for a guy who also dealt with an injury to start this season as well. 
Yeah. Um, it's just terrible. I mean, there's not good timing for a thing like this, but he was having, you know, it was a signature performance. It was a breakout performance. Um, 13 targets, nine catches, 100 yards. Um, they they'd seemingly built the passing game around him, right? Um, just, just an absolute focal point for them. Absolutely electric player. Love him as a prospect still. Um, hope we see him at the end of next season. Um, it's just these late season injuries, though, like, I, I guess it's midseason, um, but it's it feels late. Uh, this is right around timing. when Chris Godwin tore his ACL, right? Yeah. And I mean, I think it, it's been almost nine months to when the injury happened uh, that I feel like we've ju- like th- that game against the Seahawks was the first time I felt like, oh, yeah. that's Chris Godwin, not like little screen passes to this guy wearing number 14 whoever that is no like that's chris godwin out there so that just goes to show you like it can be a full year until we see the dude like back to normal yeah it's uh, it's it's really upsetting because he'd 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 been quiet for a couple weeks like we touted him uh and then he had a couple of quiet weeks playing a uh, almost a like secondary role behind darius slayton behind various others um but was really breaking out in week 11 in a in a big way it's just it's too bad he's a he's a really fun player yeah, uh, he really shined for me in contested catch situations despite his size. I mean, just like I hope they give him a chance to play real receiver when he gets back because, um, you know, yeah. that'd just be really fun to see. So we'll, we'll we'll keep an eye on that. And in the meantime, it's just I think the Giants are a pretty favorable spot for Odell Beckham, who we'll talk about earlier. It sounds like it's going to come down to Dallas and New York. And, and this might maybe I don't know. I don't know if it changes their calculations much with Beckham, but uh, it might. So we shall see on that. All right. Sunday Night Football, Andy. Chiefs 30. Chargers 27. Such a fun game. Um, you know, what I keep saying with Mahomes, I know I wrote it in my care don't care recap article, and I, I'm a hundred percent positive that I've used the exact same headline with him before that he is just inevitable. And you know, <laughs> the the broadcast runs out like the win probability or whatever, uh, with two minutes, uh le- like under two minutes, multiple timeouts, and it's like 24%, 25%, something like that, win probability for the Kansas City Chiefs. I'm like Look at that dude's face over there. You're going to tell me that is a 24% chance? I, I don't think so. Okay, he's going to go down there and yeah. he's going to get what they need. And it's exactly what happens. But I don't know where you want to start in this game because there's actually kind of a lot of like fantasy, juicy storylines coming out of this one to me. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Um, it, it's 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 almost unfair that you're allowed to like live bet the Chiefs um, when they're down, right? Because <laughs> like you yeah. can you can kind of feel if not this exact outcome uh, uh, approaching, y- you you could see that it was going to come down to like a final possession for one of these for one of these two teams. Um, really fun game. Uh, I, I think it is. Uh, you know, it's Patrick Mahomes further stating the case um, for this year's MVP. I, we're we're probably going to talk about other people too, and we're like there's going to be narratives surrounding other players. But I I can't believe what he just accomplished throwing to that group of receivers. Right? Uh, yeah. He was he was down to MVS and Justin Watson and Sky Moore, who they hadn't gotten a thing out of all year. Kadarius Tony aggravates the you know plague of hamstrings that he's been dealing with in this game, so they don't even they don't even have him. They didn't have McCole Hardman like. And it didn't matter. He, you just got a you just got a, a typical Patrick Mahomes, you know, three twenty nine, three scores. He uh, picked up first down first downs with his legs when he needed to. Uh, you know, he's not he's not like a proactive runner necessarily, but when it's there uh, on in big moments and big drives, he always seems to be able to find like fifteen yards uh, on on his own. Uh, Kelsey, obviously, a, a terrific game um, on the Chiefs side. Um, you know, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire uh, 
comes away with an injury. I, I, I looked at first, like it was going to be a knee injury. Apparently it's an ankle. Um, so that's perhaps a little bit better news for him. Um, Pacheco was great. Uh, hundred plus rushing yards in this one. Um, so that, that backfield is now truly down, I think to Pacheco and Jarek McKinnon, uh, it did seem like CEH was going to have a little bit more of a role before the injury. Yeah. Um, but that's, you know, that's probably not a, probably not a concern at least for a couple of weeks here. Um, so, uh, you know, arrow up for Pacheco arrow up, I would say for, for sky Moore, And it was out of, it was out of necessity. Again, we talked about all the players that aren't there for the chiefs right now, but six targets, five catches, 60 plus yards for sky Moore. Um, not, it wasn't, it wasn't totally clean on, on special teams, but he was, you know, that this is sort of the sky Moore that we would have expected and that some people expected right away. But he's he's just in a great situation now, too. Um, and if targets are going to fall his way, it, like if he's going to get six Patrick Mahomes targets a game, uh, that's really exciting. Yeah, um, I wasn't I, I would say it wasn't totally out of necessity for Sky Moore because he was out there like on the first early. drive. Yeah, you know, he was yeah. out there early and Kadarius Tony, even before he got hurt, was still like a 40, 50 percent snap player, which I know was driving people on Twitter crazy, which, oh, by the way. All those cute, like, what's it? It's Kevin Nash, the wrestler, like, he rips the blanket off of the fake wheelchair injury. Like, how many people had that joke? And then he, he's, okay, he actually has a hamstring problem. Like, he's actually got yeah. injury problems, like, you know? So, I mean, what, what are we doing here? But it's still crazy that Justin Watson runs around on 97% of the dropbacks. I mean, that they love that dude. I, I don't know what it is, but they love that dude. He's had a couple of cool catches, uh, you know, from Patrick Mahomes. He's uh he gets a first down on 50% of his targets, 66.7% of his receptions. Like that guy is gonna continue to be a deep league flyer. But I'm with you that really promising performance for Sky Moore, who I've never been that I was a, I like Sky Moore as a prospect. I've never been that concerned that they didn't get him out there early on. I know that's like right. something that's freaking a lot of people out because like they have you you again take your talent evaluation out of it for a second. Like they've got like three veterans and four if you want to include Watson, but like three established veteran dudes that aren't like superstars or anything. But Juju's a really good player. MVS has a clear cut role that doesn't really overlap with Sky Moore, and McCole Hardman's been good for them this year. So yeah. if Sky Moore though gets opportunity the rest of the way, that's certainly um, really good news for a young player that I think again he looked really really good last night and i think he's looked really really good when they've got him on the field outside of special teams which has been a disaster which is which has mostly been a disaster yeah um i'm not sure what people were expecting from Kadarius tony other like i like i thought he could have a big game i'm sure i ranked him aggressively but yeah but he slid so neatly into what mccall hardman was doing yeah and i I don't know if people just thought that he was going to become an every snap receiver who was going to draw 15 targets or something like that but like i thought it was pretty clear based on the prior week's usage that they were just gonna and and like mccall hardman had just scored five touchdowns in three weeks and was like the whole goal line offense all of a sudden um and and if you'd thrown Kadarius tony into that role it's perfect it's great that's that doesn't have to be like he doesn't have to be out there every snap. He doesn't have to, you know, he doesn't have to function as like as like a, a an outside receiver who's running absolutely every route and and has just like you know uh, Patrick Mahomes has radar lock on him or so like that was never going to happen. But yeah, him in the in the McCole Hardman role where they just put him in space and told him, hey, gain seven yards and and look, there's the end zone. Um, that was that was an ideal situation for him. So it obviously didn't work out because of the hamstring. But that's what people should have been expecting. Right. Look, I, and I'm not I'm not here to victory lap because who cares about any of that stuff? Like, and I'm not. I, but I think people just don't understand what 
type of player Kadarius Tony is and like the limitations of a player like that. And there's a reason that McCole Hardman has been super effective in this role that they've had this year. And he was not very effective when they used him as like a yeah. real big boy wide receiver. And I think Kadarius yeah. Tony, if they tried to use him as a real big boy wide receiver, have him do, you know, I don't, I don't again, the Justin Watson thing. I don't have a Justin Watson take, okay? Like, I don't have a reception perception chart for you for Justin Watson, but they're having him do, like, real big boy wide receiver stuff. I think if they had Kadarius Toney or McCole Hardman do that, they wouldn't wouldn't be effective in that role. So, yeah, I agree with you. I don't really know what the expectations were, but I think if they were anything more than what we were going to get prior to the injury last night, which, by the way, could have been a huge fantasy day, okay? It could have been, like, a top 20 receiver, like a must-start guy, even in a limited snap role. I think it just was purely based on not understanding um, the player that Kadarius Tony is. But let's move on to the, to the Chargers side here. Uh, you know, Mike Williams comes back. He immediately aggravates an ankle injury or left the game with an ankle injury. That's a bummer. I think it's going to be another couple of weeks before we see him. But um, Keenan Allen coming back was an absolute difference maker for this team. I, I can't believe that Mike Williams played because um, the, the ankle was heavily taped. Um, the play on which he aggravated the injury like it's it didn't it didn't appear that he like twisted the ankle or anything like that it was a great catch it was a sensational play and then he hobbled off and that was uh, like i i can't believe that we're going to see him for a few weeks now right like um it looked like he was nowhere near ready to play um so i you know you 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 hope he's uh you hope he's ready to get back keenan allen looked like keenan allen um i yeah. know there was the there there was the late fumble um but also a, an absolutely sensational catch along the sideline late in the game. So he was, he was great. Like, and you know, just a reminder that Keenan Allen, uh, in recent seasons, and I'm by which I mean like the last half decade, <laughs> Keenan Allen's been a hundred catch receiver, uh, 1100 yards a year. He, he had come into this season as like the most bankable fantasy commodity that there is. And I, I think we can assume that he's going to be that guy. I, I will also say this is the best game that I've seen Josh Palmer play. Uh, 100%. <laughs> Like, like set aside the, the early touchdown, which was just mostly, you know, like a shock and awe throw from Justin Herbert. That is not a throw that everybody has in their bag. Um, that was really cool. Um, he was like, he was getting yards after contact. He wasn't going down on first contact. Like a lot, a lot of my little criticisms about Josh Palmer, um, didn't resemble the guy who (laughs) was playing on Sunday night. I thought he was really good. Um, it was just an absolutely great game for him. Um, targets have not been a problem obviously with, uh, with Williams and Allen out. Um, but he, he, he was a bit of a difference maker for that team as well. I thought he was great. Yeah. I, to me, it's just with Keenan Allen back, everybody slots into the spot that they're supposed to be. Right. Even, even Mike Williams, like, I don't think Mike Williams is a number one receiver. It's the same sort of thing that I have with Cortland Sutton. Like guys that don't separate at a high enough level just can't be legit number ones. Show me the guy out there who's like a average to even below average separator. That's a legit number one receiver. I I don't think you can. I don't think you can find that guy. That's why Mike Williams is not a real number one. That's why Cortland Sutton's not a real number one. Keenan Allen, the only guy on this roster by a lot that beats man coverage on a consistent basis, knows where to sit down in zone coverage and, I don't think the Lombardi um, coaching staff over there has done a very good job of adjusting their offense to the fact that we don't have Keenan Allen and, and, and to an extent we don't yeah. have Mike Williams. So it's like, oh, we'll just have Josh Palmer run the Keenan or run the Mike Williams routes and we'll have uh, DeAndre Carter, LOL, run the freaking Keenan <laughs> Allen routes. Like, And we've seen the disaster that that has been. Yeah. So um, I, I think just having Keenan Allen back, everybody, and Palmer I think can be like a bit of a boom bust number two receiver, but I'll, he's probably ideally suited as a three. 
But even that, it's like, okay, after Austin Eckler, he's like the third guy in the passing priority list. And I think that just suits Palmer so much better. He can have big games like this where the volume is there and the production and efficiency because the matchups are there. But man, yeah, just having Keenan Allen back, just Herbert 9.3 yards per attempt. He had been under six in four straight games. So like it just, yeah, there's no better way to say that guy's just a difference maker. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I, assuming he's come out of this game just fine and it's been the only activity over the last, you know, few months that hasn't aggravated his hamstring and he's good to go rest of season. Like I had him coming into the year as like a, like my wide receiver 10, wide receiver nine, something like that. Because yeah. again, especially in PPR, like he'd just been, he'd been as bankable as anybody that we've, that we've seen in fantasy, like absolutely a hundred catches a year. I think his, I think his lowest reception total over the last five seasons had been like 97. Um, so, I mean, you can just expect, um, seven, eight grabs for like 75 to a hundred yards each week going forward, assuming he's at good health. Yep. Completely agree with you. Uh, great news for the Chargers offense to have him back. All right. We're going to take a quick break. And then we'll go through the waivers, uh, the rather unexciting waivers we have this week. Searching for NBA playoff coverage? We've got you. The Old Man and the Three, presented by BMW, gives you an inside look into the world of sports. Hosted by former NBA sharpshooter and Duke legend J.J. Redick and sports writer Tommy Alter, The Old Man and the Three offers unprecedented access to the league. Tommy and J.J. discuss the NBA and interview some of the biggest names in the league, like Devin Booker and Luka Doncic. NBA final season is the perfect time to dive in, and you can listen to The Old Man and the Three wherever you get your podcasts. To hear episodes brought to you by BMW. Push the limits this NBA season with the brand that set the ultimate standard. BMW, the ultimate driving machine. All right, Andy, we're back. Spent a lot of time on some of those news items and the Chargers. Uh and Chiefs game so we can run through the waivers here there's not a ton of super super exciting options but let's get it started at running back where we already talked about Latavius Murray who's probably a priority ad but Samaje Pirine Joe Mixon in the concussion protocol he leads your list here after a three touchdown performance a three touchdown performance yeah it's a little it's a little rough at running back when Samaje Pirine and Latavius Murray are, <laughs> are your two hot ads in a given week but that's it's kind of where we are um Samaj P. Ryan's situation is this feels like a fire drill that we've had like a hundred times before, right? We we know that he's the immediate backup. We know that he he steps right into Joe Mixon's touches. He's not exactly Joe Mixon, but you know, can he be 85, 90% of Joe Mixon? Yeah. Um good enough receiver. Um, we we saw that uh we saw that on Sunday. He was excellent. Um there's no like there's no way to talk down about a about a three touchdown game. He was really good. Um, he, the matchup ahead for him is not the greatest, right? It's Tennessee. And we wouldn't expect, like, I wouldn't, I wouldn't rank Joe Mixon all that aggressively, um, coming into a matchup against Tennessee, right? Because he hasn't been particularly efficient this year. The the line hasn't been spectacular this year. Um, and Tennessee is just a very, very good run defense. They'll, they'll, they'll shut the door on you. Um, however, they have given up 400 receiving yards to opposing running backs, almost 70 catches to opposing running backs. And we know that P Ryan can do that. Um, so there is still an opportunity here for him to see <laughs> love him 14, that. 15, 16 touches in this one um, and find his way to 70 yards and a touchdown. I would, I would hold that out as a, as a possibility. This isn't a guy that like, you know, if he if he gets the full workload that that we can reliably say, oh, you got to you got to start him. He's a clear top 12 running back. He's not like that. Um, But he is somebody who's probably going to be I haven't ranked yet for this week, but he's probably going to be like my RB. I don't know. Twenty two, twenty four feels right somewhere in there. 
I feel fundamentally the same way about Latavius Murray. I don't, I don't see a way that Latavius doesn't get, I don't know, 20 touches against Carolina. Yeah. That could go any number of directions. He's, he's been basically a, a three and a half yard per touch guy, uh, for, for Denver, not particularly involved as a receiver, but there's not, you know, there's no Chase Edmonds threat here because he's injured. He's got the high ankle sprain. I don't even know who's going to back him up. Is it going to be Marlon Mack? Is it going to be Mike Boone returning? I have no idea at this point. Um, it, it sets up for a huge workload. You can probably expect, uh, I don't know, 16 carries, 44 yards, something like that. That's kind of the Latavius Murray line this year. But a really good chance, uh, again, that he, that he scores their lone offensive touchdown. It is an icky offense to, uh, to tie yourself to. <laughs> Oh, they're low in offensive touchdown. I hope they love that Russell Wilson trade. That's going really, really well for them. Uh, <laughs> any other names you want to highlight at running back? I thought James Cook here, among your various others, is really interesting because obviously the Browns' run defense stinks, but he gets the same amount of yards that uh, Devin Singletary did on the ground uh, with seven fewer yeah. carries. He looked at pretty, pretty good, and, you know, the Naheem Hines trade, I guess they just wanted him to return kicks um, or maybe motivate right. James Cook because he's been great. He's- Cook has been really good since they traded for Naheem Hines, and Hines is basically not even registered a blip. I, I had thought that the Hines trade was uh, the, just sort of weirdly timed because when it happened, James Cook was coming off one of his best games, and yeah. he delivered another of his best games uh, uh, You know, just this past weekend. He was he was great. Um, 86 rushing yards, excellent performance. He, was, he wasn't out there a lot. Um, played 16 snaps, but 11 carries. Like, he touched the ball almost every time he was on the field, so... That was really promising. He's a he's a contingent value guy. It's not like I I think by the end of the season he's gonna he's gonna slowly eat away at Devin Singletary's workload. I don't think no, that's yeah. happening here. I think they fully trust Singletary. So it would require an injury for him to to really explode and be somebody that we're gonna flex or we're gonna consider a, as an RB two. We're not there yet. Um, but he is interesting. Like he probably shouldn't be left out there in like a twelve or a fourteen team league. I I didn't I didn't have it in me to write up. Cam Akers or Kyron Williams. Um, Nor should <laughs> like you. I, I'm sure that there's going to be a lot of pickups columns out there that that try to make a thing of uh, the Rams' <laughs> backfield. It's it's really murky right now. Like Cam Akers probably had I don't know his best game in forever, and it was like 60 rushing yards. And Kyron Williams played a lot. Um, d- did you know had kind of a third down role for that team? Um, he's probably going to catch a few passes. I like him in theory. Um, I liked him coming into the league. I think he's an interesting name. Um, but I, the, this offense is going nowhere. Um, we, we don't yet know Matt Stafford's status for next week, but I, I would, you know, this is his second concussion in a pretty short period of time. Wouldn't expect him necessarily. Obviously Cooper cup has the injury. Like there's just not a lot of reason to invest in the Rams offense. Um, if I had to between those two, it would probably be cam makers, but I don't feel great about either one of them. Um, and I would, you know, I, it should tell you everything that you need to know that I would prioritize Samaj P. Ryan and Latavius Murray over any Rams running back right now. Probably need to mention Jarek McKinnon because he's out there in like 75% of Yahoo leagues. I mean, again, the Chiefs backfield is kind of down to him and Pacheco right now. So he's interesting. And I always just like to throw out the name Alexander Madison. I can't believe that he's not rostered in more leagues. He's he's actually going the wrong direction. He's down to, I think it's 37% rostered right now. He should just be scooped up. Like we know what it looks like when Alexander Madison gets a full workload. If that were to happen, um, he like league winner gets tossed around a lot, but he is somebody who could legitimately finish as like a top five fantasy RB. If uh, you know, if we get a Dalvin cook injury late in the year. 
Yeah, the fact that Samaje freaking Pirine is leading <laughs> uh, the waiver pickups at running back this week should let you know why you need to have Alexander Madison on yes, your roster. Exactly. Okay. Like exactly. That's, the, this is the importance of stashing backup running backs, even if you don't think they're that great. You don't think they're that sexy. Like I don't think anybody's going to the you know going to the mat to to stand for Samaje Pirine as like a the next great NFL running back or anything. But he's about to take over a starting role in a good offense, and you know yep. so would Alexander Madison. So this is the importance of stashing running backs even if it is a little gross if you got room on your roster um all right let's move to wide receivers i'll read off uh all the dudes you have here because i think they're kind of interesting and i'll let you just sort of pick pick and choose uh where where you want to go here Traylon burks coming off an awesome game against the green bay packers you've got donovan peoples jones coming off his first touchdown uh somehow amari cooper went off in a neutral site game that'll be fun to add to the little <laughs> calculations there uh, for, for for the home road splits or whatever. I'm sure Dalton's in the lab already getting that figured out. Yeah, Paris Campbell uh, and Sky Moore as well. Uh, we talked about Sky Moore already. So wh- where do you want to go with this list of dudes? Um, I thought Traylon Burks was great. And I like I hadn't seen that version of Traylon Burks in, in the NFL before. Right. No. Like I thought it was a, a like a true breakout game for him. A um, couple of couple of deep balls um, kind of abused Jair Alexander um, to the point oh, that yeah. he was actually mocking him late, <laughs> late in the game, which yeah, you know, did he do like the little the little thing. He did the like he did the too small yeah. thing uh, after after the 51 yard reception. Um, it's just a great game for Burks. It's obviously it's not a like a volume passing offense, anything like that. Right. Tannehill's been very good lately. Had uh, I think his first 300 game 300 yard game of the year uh, in week 11. He's got a couple of touchdown passes in each of the last two games. It was just you know Traylon Burks. Uh, it, it's notable because he's. He's clear like we always worry about these guys who come off of turf toe injuries because there's a long history of players who deal with that at any point in the season, never quite being right at any point in the season. Um, but he just looked great. He looked he looked explosive. He was getting he was getting some separation. He's he he is clearly stronger than almost anybody trying to cover him. Um, a re- really impressive performance from him. So I think of, of anybody that we've mentioned here, my opinion of Burks um, changed for the better um, uh, more Agree. than in any of these other cases. Peoples Jones is just like he had another game like he like he he keeps doing this and he it's not like he's had, you know, some uh, uh, win your week performance at any point. But like there's like seven straight games in which he's had at least 50 receiving yards. And I don't know, I haven't I haven't done a little sort to figure out how many wide receivers I can say that of. But it can't be that many um he, like he's done something um almost every week with Jacoby Brissett as his quarterback made a couple of fantastic catches uh in the in the in the Bills game really impressive stuff uh had a late touchdown uh you know on a in a contested ball situation um he's just been really good um he's just been really good and he's about to get Deshaun Watson which I assume is going to be an not that Brissett is playing poorly he's not um he's we're getting like maximum possible Jacoby Brissett right now. Um, but I think that the Deshaun experience is going to be a little bit better. People's Jones playing really well right now. Um, Campbell is still eligible for this. Um, he had a, a relatively quiet day, but he's still seeing a ton of targets. Um, they're Matt Ryan targets and they're like 2022 Matt Ryan targets. So these are not, these are not the best (laughs) of all possible things. Um, but he's still, he's still just getting peppered and he's gonna, he's gonna have some really nice PPR days. We, we talked about Sky Moore already. Um, just notable that he that he saw six targets, caught five of them. Um, you know, he's he's still a work in progress, but uh, but it was a I thought it was a big step forward for him. And there's a lot of opportunity there right now because we don't yet know Juju's status for this week. He's concussed. McCole Hardman on IR. Like there's just a bunch of opportunity. Kadarius Tony exits the game with a hamstring injury. 
Um, so there's a clear opportunity for Sky Moore and it's the freaking Chiefs. It's a, it's a team that's going to get to 31, 35 points in any given week. So um, he, he just has a really nice opportunity ahead. We are going to see a lot of teams adding Demarcus Robinson and like tip of the cap to Demarcus Robinson for having what is almost certainly going to be his best game of the year. Uh, yeah. Caught all of his targets over 120 yards. It was great. I wouldn't. I wouldn't like drop a relevant player to go pick up Demarcus Robinson. I mean, we have a lot of experience with this guy. So like we, right. we know it's not going to look like that every week. We know that they kind of build the passing game around the tight ends. Um, so I wouldn't, I wouldn't expect a lot of that. Um, but it's great effort nonetheless. Uh, and the targets are obviously going to be there with no Bateman. Other names that, uh, that I sort of included in the also rands in the column, um, Zay Jones is coming back. He's got Baltimore. It's not, it has not been at all surprising to see Zay Jones have 10 target games. That happens. Um, I think Michael Gallup is moderately interesting for the time being. Uh, it's the Giants. Who knows what way that game is going to go. But I feel like there's a big game out there for Michael Gallup. It just hasn't really happened yet. And then um, Odell Beckham is still available in about uh, a little bit over 50% of Yahoo leagues. We don't know where he's going to land, but we do know that like every star player in the NFL is lobbying for him. <laughs> yeah, it sounds like he's going to take um, a post-Thanksgiving visit with the Cowboys and the Giants. I just I feel like he's going to go back to New York. Um, I, it could be wrong, but it just, I don't know feels like something like he would do, you know, he's buddies with Saquon, like they're going to go to the yeah. playoffs. Um, I don't know. Just feel that That's sort of my gut New, feeling. New York right now. is really the team, you know, the way, the way that I've been discussing Odell has been fairly pessimistic. It's been, you know, oh, they'll probably just, they probably just want him for the playoffs. They'll give him, you know, a little cameo appearance in December, but they really care about making a deep playoff run and having Odell, uh, ready for that. The Giants need him. Um, if yeah, the Giants yeah. signed him, I, I don't think any of that applies. It's probably like just purely fantasy wise. It's probably the best case scenario for o Odell, which seems weird because it's not the best quarterback situation for Odell, but they're going to have to get him on the field. Like they just lost Wandale. Um, they don't have any other talent at receiver. Like they need him to play. Oh, so somewhere Scott Pianowski is fuming that you said they don't have any talent at receiver and Darius Slayton. <laughs> no disrespect intended to Darius Slayton. I'm so sorry. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, no, I agree with you. They need him. It would make a lot of sense. I just, I'm going to be just fascinated. Like when, when this happens, which team it is, is it a one-year deal? Is it a two-year deal? Do they want him like get him in the building now? Like, you know, and, and see what happens later. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's pretty fascinating. And I think the chiefs are still going to be in the mix. Uh, like that wouldn't be surprising either considering they're dealing with all these injuries and there was like buzz kind of percolating there at some point that that might be the favorite. So we'll see what happens with Odell Beckham, um, quarterbacks and tight ends here, Andy, no one's super, super crazy. Uh, you, I mean, you got Taylor Heineke against the Falcons as your quarterback, but obviously it's, it's behind, um, Deshaun Watson, who is, uh, coming back very, very soon. Yeah. Deshaun Watson still just 48% rostered. Um, like if you don't have a need at quarterback, no, there's no obvious need to do it. There's no, no, again, no team is on a buy this week. Um, so nobody's going to be scrambling necessarily a quarterback. Um, but Deshaun is, is certainly an interesting stash. He gets it when he comes back, he gets Houston. That's uh, fun for a variety of reasons. And we know that he's just going to play when he comes back. Um, and, uh, by the way, the last time we saw him on the field, he was leading the NFL in passing yards. So like he can play a little, right. Uh, whatever else you think about the situation. So he's he's certainly somebody who needs to be stashed in more leagues. Um, Heineke was kind of the kind of the one guy I flagged as somebody that I'd be willing to stream. If you again, nobody on by, you probably don't have to stream this week. But if you did um, I, and I know that Heineke has been 
quiet for a couple like he, he doesn't have a touchdown pass in either of the last two two games but they're winning he's still he's still playing reasonably well um when he's not putting the ball up for grabs he's playing reasonably well. i think there's always a couple of sort of head head scratching throws oh, like yeah. wow how did heineke get away with that but he's been getting away with them lately um and at least he's feeding the right guys so uh yeah. that has been fun and atlanta has been such a just a, you know pass funnel defense they've been exceedingly friendly uh to opposing passers all year so i would expect that to continue i i think that heineke probably throws a touchdown pass or two this week yeah no i i like the call there um you know he's he's their starter thank god I'm i don't know if you knew this glad. he's the pride of old dominion odu's finest Thank you very much. Uh, <laughs> use finest um, at tight end. Had a 730 got, yard passing performance in college. That's we don't talk about that enough. I mean, I was there first. I talk about this all the time. I was there for his first action. I was there. I was first on the scene uh, oh, for his first action at ODU. Uh, but yeah. Anyways, moving on to tight ends. Juwan Johnson. He leads your list here. I wish I had Juwan Johnson on my team, bro. This guy's like got three. He's got. A, Touchdown in three straight games, uh, <laughs> five yeah. in the last five games. The guy's been uh, pretty automatic for for a weird Frickin Saints five offense. touchdowns in the last five games. Uh, obvious red zone target for that team. I don't know what kept me from actually adding him in. I only have him in one league. I mean, I have like thirty teams. I only have him in one league. Um, and he's been one of the one of those sort teams. of right. Yeah, I know it's it's uh, it's a problem. Uh, Get a life. Oh my god, <laughs> I know that's fair. Um, but I have I have almost no Jawan Johnson and. And I, I, you know, I write a freaking waiver wire column and all he does is score touchdowns. He's he's basically having it's like a version of the Hunter Henry season from last year. And you're like, oh, this can't continue. He's, only, you know, he's only targeted five times. Um, and yet he scores every week. I mean, there's five touchdowns in five games. Um, he's he's basically an automatic ad at this point. He's going to have a hard time not finishing as a top 10 tight end on the season. Uh, it's not like it's kind of slim pickings out there. I, I felt like I had to talk about Austin Hooper a little bit because he's coming off a two touchdown game. It was two touchdowns on four targets. His targets are trending up a little bit, um, but they're trending up to like four or five a game. One of the touchdown passes was from Derrick Henry. Like there's just not a lot that's like super right. repeatable about this. But, you know, I also recognize that some of you have just been t- chasing touchdowns at this position all year. So I'm not I'm not particularly bullish on him. I would certainly add uh, Juwan Johnson ahead of him. And then Mike Kosecki coming off a bye. I, I know that he's of interest to some of you. Uh, I've never been a, a Mike Kosecki fan, but I do feel like Miami could kind of pick their number against uh, against Houston this week. That should be a blowout. Yeah. Uh, and there's a chance that Gasicki's involved in that. Now that's a good call. The matchup at least dictates that if like you need help at tight end, he should be a guy you're looking at. All right, let's move on to our drops and our hold on loosely candidates. Um, drops. We don't have to actually spend much time talking about this at all. Uh, Kyle Pitts was your guy. We talked about him earlier. He's officially yep. been placed on IR as we were talking, so he is going to miss the next four weeks. Um, Daryl Henderson was my drop candidate. I mean. You yeah. said it earlier, Cam Akers and Kyron Williams, like those are the dudes, Daryl Henderson out of the mix. And you know what? Like, who cares anyways? I, I don't care about the Rams backfield at all. I don't, So Daryl Henderson's a guy you can let go of. Yeah. And you like you wouldn't be that much more like, say, Daryl Henderson surges back and he he makes it a three man committee. Yeah. Again. Ooh, like, that's boy. Not interesting either. <laughs> yeah. There's there's I mean, no interesting scenario here. No, there really is not. Um, I was texting with one of my buddies uh, about Alan Robinson uh, on Sunday because he had uh played Tyler Boyd over Allen Robinson on my 
recommendation. And I said, let me tell you what, pal, I am trying to wean myself off the Allen Robinson crack pipe right now. And like that touchdown is not <laughs> is not helping me. OK, so you need to stop. Talk- I'm going to ignore you for the rest of the day. So I don't want to hear about this. So that's where we're at with the Rams offense. We're trying to ignore it as, a, as an entity. Um, for all of our sanity, uh, certainly the backfield being a priority ignore. Um, hold on loosely here, Andy. Uh, you've got Taysom Hill. I've got Alec Pierce. I'll just say on Alec Pierce that still really like the player. I think he might have hit a little bit of a rookie wall, um, but he's the guy that like he's going to be volatile anyways because he only runs deep overs, post routes, uh, go routes, slant routes, and like he wins and contests the situation. So there's going to be volatility there. But with this offense looking pretty functional, I wouldn't mind holding on to Alec Pierce if you need like a high upside guy. If there's ever an injury with Paris Campbell, oh, that's something we've seen before. I think Pierce would be a pretty good player there. So he's my hold on loosely candidate. Uh, What do you got on Taysom Hill? Yeah, I feel like I'm totally cheating because I'm sure that recently, maybe even last week, I mentioned Taysom Hill as a drop. Um, so holding on loosely to well, a guy who dropped Integrity's last week. Is, <laughs> yeah, yes, not exactly. You know, I, anyway, I'm cheating. Um, there's not supposed to be accountability in this. I shouldn't have even discussed that. Um, I liked the way Taysom Hill was used this last week. Um, like if if your quarterback is just going to be Andy Dalton, I don't know, do some fun stuff with Taysom Hill. Yeah. Uh, it wasn't, it wasn't bad. Like this is two weeks in a row now that he's actually played uh, 40% of the snaps. He played, he played 24 snaps this past week. He attempted three throws, like a bunch of the snaps were at quarterback. Um, he ran the ball nine times. I, like he was really involved. Um, 60, 60 scrimmage yards on the game and then another 14 passing yards. D- didn't find the end zone. So it wasn't like some blow up week for Taysom Hill, but if he keeps getting usage like this, there are probably two more blow up weeks out there somewhere. He's kind of a you don't even really talk about the matchups with Taysom Hill because who on earth can predict like when a Taysom <laughs> Hill uh, game is going to happen. But I but I feel like there might be a couple of other, you know, it's not going to be like the 30 point fantasy performance like we saw earlier in the year. But, you know, he probably has another two touchdown game in him and he's probably got, I don't know, four more total touchdowns in him. That's that's going to happen if they keep using him like this, if he's going to get like a dozen opportunities to touch the ball and like either throw or, or run for a touch. Like that's going to happen at some point. Yeah. Listen, um, I talk about my favorite dynasty team all the time. Kyle Pitts, my starting tight end, uh, and Taysom Hill's one of my backups. So I hope you're right, Andy. I hope he has a couple of those, uh, those moments. Uh, I've only gotten the Taysom Hill, uh, dice roll right once. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> when he had that like 30 point eruption game, he's still like a top 10 tight end because of that. So I, I hope he gets some use. Yeah. Points. It's just too bad that you can't like spread those points out over multiple weeks. Yeah. Honestly, that would have been nice. Cause like that was uh, one of those weeks where like the entire team went off and it's like, I don't really even care. Like, by the way, it feels disgusting that I got a 30, 30 point spot out of Tyson Hill as a starting <laughs> tight end. And I don't, it does. It doesn't feel right, even though I don't want to wade into the positional eligibility waters. But you know, regardless, yeah, like I didn't need thirty points from you, Taysom, for God's <laughs> sake. Like you're like, how about if I just take fifteen of those and I'll apply it to this week, and then I'm going to bank the other fifteen and I can spread them out, and then he would really look. Oh like a shoot! Fun, I mean, dude, you know? I would. I look. I told you I started Kyle Pitts all year. I would have taken like eight here. <laughs> yep. Five there, like oh, that, that would have yeah. been fine. Let me spread it out over like a full month or something, for God's sakes. I don't need 30 from you, Taysom. But uh, <laughs> yeah, that is the Taysom Hill experience. All right. Last segment here of the waiver show. It's a segment everyone loves. It's our updates from the Treviso Babes League. Uh, of course, if you're unfamiliar, my mom is playing fantasy football for the first time this year, and this is her uh her her gals down there in the Florida retirement community. They've started a fantasy football league, and it's a uh, it's 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 really 
just taking over the nation, the Treviso base. Well, <laughs> if you listen to them talk, it's taking over the nation. Um, so we have we have another trade to recap here, Andy. We don't have any outrageous drops, although Tammy did drop Juwan Johnson to pick up David and Joku. So I'm sure once she listens to this, she's going to be trying to undo that transaction. But what can you do? Leslie do dropped like Jerry. David and Joku. I don't. I don't even hate that. I yeah. like Joku a lot. Nah, yeah, it's 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 fine. Um. Jerry Leslie dropped Jerry Judy for Justin Watson. I mean, I it's kind of it's aggressive, but whatever. Um, the biggest a couple of big things uh, I did want to discuss the trade. We'll get to here in a second. Um, but my mom on Sunday morning, Andy, like I mean, I'm about to be ass in seat for FFL. Like I mean, it, we're about to get rolling here. She texts me, "Should I drop? I have the Minnesota kicker Greg Joseph. Should I drop him for the Dallas kicker?" And I'm like. Oh, mom, I couldn't, wow. I couldn't. I, I was like, Mom, I don't, they're, they're both the same. Like, who knows? Who cares? And she says, You know what? I'm going to do it. So she did it. And I, it is like single handedly. She was five and five walk, walking into the week. I think it's like pretty much single handedly going to save her season. The fact that she picks up Brett Maher and gets oh like an absurd, an absurd eruption spot. So she's right. She is riding high and letting me know that she is the true fantasy football guru in the, oh, in the, the family. absolute kicker queen. Um, that's, that's incredible. Like if there's, if there can be such a thing as a rock star moment for a kicker, it is definitely nailing back to back, uh, 60 yarders when they nullify the first 60 yarder and you're like, who cares? I'll just do it again. And then he did it even like, that was awesome. That's incredible. Yeah, so shout out to my mom there. Uh, absolutely deserved it after uh, taking it on the chin for a couple of, of course, weeks there. Somebody's the- on the other side of that matchup, and they're like, they're now part of the band kicker movement, right? They're, they're like, this is oh, outrageous. They be. This is absolutely outrageous. Yeah, they got to be. Denise. Oh, man. Oh, my girl, Denise. She's in 12th place. I mean, sorry, Denise, but you, yeah. <laughs> Denise, you deserve give, to give Jake Seeley a follow. He's got uh, He's got kicker thoughts for you. Absolutely. Hey, she even got 10 points out of Will Lutz, but 22 for Brett Maher there. <laughs> um, and mom's still got Debo Samuel and George Kittle to go tonight. So she's going to win oh my gosh. Uh, this week. Uh, that's great for her. I definitely, you know, I did the live Q&A with them, of course. And I just saw my mom and you should give me a bunch of crap for all these guys. I'm like, give me a break, mom. Just stop. Stop yelling at me in the freaking first <laughs> quarter. <laughs> but anyways, you know, she her big question that everybody had the Q&A. She, her question was, how am I your mother? And I'm not even going to make the playoffs. So, you know what? <laughs> Shout out to... <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to Brett uh Brett Maher for uh for kicking ass. I'm really not trying to have my mom. I also I love that week. you were punting on the question too. You're like, get out of here with your kicker questions. She's like, F it, I'll do it. I know. Yeah, oh listen. Love that. I, I I totally own it that I'm pretty sure I I can read the exact response I sent to her. I'm I'm not kidding. I'm like just about to sit down for FFL. I'm like, the last minute questions, mom. Like we we you could be talking to me. Uh, at any point, she said, um, do you think I should tri- or did you pick up the Dallas kicker for the Minnesota kicker? They're playing each other. And I have Minnesota. And uh, I literally said, either of those guys is fine. <laughs> and she just replies, I did it. Yikes. And then several hours later, she's, you know, victory laughing in the text. So, you know, <laughs> good for her. Shout out to my mom. Um, last thing here uh, from the Teresa babes. We do have a trade. You know, I've, I've been trying to teach these ladies how to trade. The only trade that had happened prior to this one was Tammy trading, uh, getting Patrick Mahomes back after she dropped Patrick Mahomes. Questionable move there. Well, Tammy's made another trade. She traded the Arizona, um, or no, she traded for the Arizona Cardinals defense and Jalen Warren, and she gave up Taylor Heineke to to Betsy's team. So the most, <laughs> I mean, black trade in, in fantasy football history. 
it is it is probably not a consequential trade. I will say that, but I, I like that the dam is broken here, and they've probably actually they probably used the Yahoo default trade deadline, which means that their trade deadline has passed, and there won't be any more this season. But at least they got somebody got their feet wet here, because um, trading is fun. Like trading is is I don't know for a lot of people, it's most of the fun of fantasy football. Some people are way better at trading than they are actually like winning leagues and competing in this stuff. Um, like it's it's fun. It's part of the camaraderie of it. Obviously, the Treviso babes are going to run it back next season. So let's let's shoot for like, I don't know, every team makes a trade next year. Yeah, that'll be our big goal next year is getting these ladies to make some more trades because the the drops, I think, especially since we started talking about it on the show, they've really course corrected on the aggressive drops, (laughs) Uh, you know. I think I think we I think we helped them in that way, Andy. But yeah, I mean, Betsy's four and six team inherits uh, Taylor Heineke and Tammy's three and seven team. They're both going to probably lose this week, too. On top of that, gets the Cardinals and Jalen Warren. So shout out for the most boring trade in fantasy football history, I think. We got to we got to think about having Bev on for like a kicker segment uh, late in the year, maybe the week 17 show, maybe week 16, something like that. Yeah, I think that's probably the right call. I think we're, we'll uh, we'll we'll see. We'll see. I don't know if we can afford her rate at this point. Um, <laughs> but uh, you know, that's that's real fantasy football uh, league winning advice from my mom and the kickers. Um, yeah, she, she, I can't remember who she, I can't remember who she had as a kicker early in the year, but I remember her like on the phone with me at one point, like get this kicker off my roster. I can't stand this guy. And I was like, oh, all right. Well, I mean, what do you? I don't know shit about kickers. So what do you want me to do? This is exactly why some people hate kickers and some like I love them. Like I I love that you can just rage drop a kicker, you know, like, you, oh, yeah, you only get you know, this guy only gave me three extra points. What the F? And then you're like, I love launching a kicker um, out of out of pure frustration. It's it's such a good feeling because otherwise you might be inclined to drop like an actual relevant player from your roster. So they're they're kind of cover for your, you know, for your worst instincts. Yeah, you, you can take all your emotional uh, angst out on kickers. So, uh, you know, for that reason, we can keep the kickers around in fantasy football. All right, Andy. Pack show. That's going to do it for us. You can follow Andy on Twitter at Andy Barons if you don't already. If you don't already, what, what are you doing with your life? Andy actually, like, you know, he's out there having some fun on Twitter. I don't have fun on Twitter, but Andy has some fun on Twitter. So um, with that r- r- rousing endorsement of my account, <laughs> make sure you follow me at Matt Harmon underscore BYB. And while you're there, make yourself a better fantasy player and improve your timeline by following at Yahoo Fantasy. You will not regret it, especially, I mean, that uh, it's not a work of art tweet like that. Uh, the Latavius Murray thing. Like, what a gem. We, we spent like 10 minutes at the top of the show breaking that down. You got to make sure you're following at Yahoo Fantasy. Actually, by the way, I think I'm the only one who said anything about it. And Andy was like, just move on to the show, you jackass. How are you hosting the show? <laughs> Anyways, I will be hosting the show tomorrow with Austin Eckler. He's not a jackass. He's great. He's going to talk about the Chargers loss to the Chiefs and a whole lot more. Until then, we're out. Look around. You can find cars like these on AutoTrader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on AutoTrader. Just you wait. AutoTrader.